Yes, I can hear you. Sorry, I'm two minutes late. I've had one of those days where the clock has not worked for me at all. It's totally okay. Totally okay. It's like, I, my husband was like, why is it at 8.30? I'm like, because she's in Australia, I think. Oh, thank you for doing your nighttime show. Okay. I just hope that I still like, my brain still works. It'll work fine. You, you and your lovely self will just be fine. You don't even need to think. I don't know about that. <laughs> Tell me what's prompted you to come on podcasts all over the world. So I have a new book coming out and I'm really excited about getting it out to parents and families all around the world. And I would love to, I like to ask this question of all my guests. Who are you? Where are you? And what do you love to do? Mm, Okay. So who I am, I'm Dana Abraham and I'm the founder of Calm the Chaos Parenting, where we help parents create better relationships with their kids create relationships where everyone feels empowered, understood, and connected despite whatever challenging situation they're going through. And I live in Little Rock, Arkansas in the U.S., and, but spent the last 21 years in Chicago. So I always oh, get confused cool. on how to answer the where am I, but currently yeah. I'm a <laughs> And what do I like to do? Well, I like to help families. I like to spend time with my family. And then recently I have re-picked back up knitting. So that's what I do in my spare time. Good times. That's my kind of fun. I like to crochet sometimes, although I'm a little bit out of practice, I'll be honest. I I have to learn how to crochet. I have a pattern that I got. One of my good friends runs like this knit along and the bag that I'm going to make next is crochet. I'm a little nervous. It's quite different. Yeah, it's quite different. I really like it actually. So there's some crossover with our work. I would really love to hear a little about how you came to be a person doing this kind of work. Yeah. So sometimes I say that I was born into it. You know, I was born and into a family. I was a sibling of a bipolar brother who had really explosive behavior. And so I just had to learn how to weather really tough storms, even as a little kid. And Then when I became a teacher, my favorite kids were the ones that came with a long paper trail behind them. And, you know, all of the teachers knew them, talked about them in the teacher's lounge, but they were my absolute favorites. And then when I became a parent, I figured I got this parenting gig figured out. I'm going to be pretty good. I've I've seen the worst of it. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's not what happened. Instead, you know, my, my oldest definitely tested everything I knew about education, about child development, about children and, and all the things that I thought I knew were right. And so for the first seven years, I basically felt like I was an absolute failure as a parent. And when he was seven, there was a moment where at this point he had been you know, kicked out of preschool. He was in trouble in kindergarten. He was suspended in first grade. And by second grade, he was kicked out more days than he was in school. I mean, he was that kid. And on this particular day, I got a call. I was nine months pregnant, come to the school. He's had another fit. And he was in the office and the whole staff was there. And the principal just ushered me past him and was like, you have two options. You can either take him home and figure out what's wrong with him or or don't bring him back till you figure out what's wrong with him or let this police officer take him into custody. Oh my God. And it was, yeah, it was like pretty much a wake up call that we couldn't keep doing what we were doing. And 
We had to figure things out. So we yeah. kind of took a radical approach and I brought him home, started homeschooling him and started documenting my process along the way. Because as I looked for information on how to homeschool him or how to understand him or figure him out, this was 10 years ago. And so there just was, there was either no information or the information you did find was picture perfect. And and so my whole goal was just to prove to myself that I wasn't the only one out there who didn't know what they were doing. And the good news is I didn't find one person. I found millions of other parents around the world who were going through a lot of the same things that I was going through. And so over the last 10 years, just kind of um, have navigated the peaks and valleys of raising my son and my other two kids and realizing that I was undiagnosed ADHD growing up as I've learned more about my kids and then starting to teach that to other parents and create a framework and a system that works no matter what you know, challenge you're dealing with because it's not cookie cutter. It's not one size fits all. But in, and that was the hardest part is figuring out something that could be stretched and and could be adapted to each individual person and family. I love that. I work in a very similar way myself, Dana, and I think that's really, really important and that you're talking about it as well because I think, as you say, there's so many mass answers and generalized information that we receive and sometimes that kind of bespoke guidance and bespoke customization actually is exactly what you need because we're all individual we have individual physiology spiritual mental emotional backgrounds and it's so important that we all know how to navigate this stuff it's so it it, literally the way I think about it is it changes our future you know Mm -hmm. But yeah. for the the whole of the human race, and I think that's really the the big thing about what you're doing, what makes it so powerful, you know. And tell me a little bit about what what a, what does a day look like for you now? How old are your kids now? Oh gosh, so I have my seven year old who was kicked out in second grade, or we brought him home in second grade. He just graduated high school. He's oh, wow. seventeen, and then I have a fifteen year old and a ten year old. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, in the throes of kind of preteen teenage years and, you know, day in the life now, I mean, we have, when you're talking about our family, it is so well connected. There was an experience that happened just the other day and it just really painted the picture of the contrast of where we were and where we are. And we were sitting at the kitchen bar and my daughter was trying to learn how to crochet. I was doing my knitting. And my husband was doing coloring in a new coloring book. And my 17-year-old came down and was asking us about things and was having conversations with us, talking about classes he wants to take. My 15-year-old then came down, was talking to us about things he was doing over the next weekend. And it just was like, I don't usually use the word peaceful because I think that that kind of, it feels like butterflies and rainbows, but it was that moment (laughs) where you were just like, is this my life? Is this really happening right now? And just that contrast of where we were and where so many of the families that I help are, it was it was such a contrast. So yeah, I understand what you mean about not calling it peaceful. I think that sometimes we can talk about, like you say, rainbows and sparkles and unicorns and, you know, it's not like that all the time. And no. there are still moments certainly in my life. And I'm also a mentor and an educator as well, actually. And, and I have moments where I'm not not perfect all the time. I have moments where I lose human. my 
I lose mm-hmm. my shit. And yeah. I feel rage and I get angry. And I think the difference between how it was in the past and how it is now is that I don't beat myself up about it. I no longer feel that that means that I've done something wrong or I am wrong or they are wrong. You know, I have huge helpings of self-compassion that follow that signal. To me, it's a signal that I need something or they need something, you know. So it's really been interesting to notice that change. And similarly to you, I'll share a quick story too. I have a, a boy who is now almost 20 working and he came for dinner. I don't see him all that often, to be honest, but when I do, he was telling me a lot about his work and he said, oh, I just wish I could tell you more. He also works in education. He said, I wish I could tell you more about really specific things like the way that a particular child's face was when a particular thing happened, but it, it won't mean anything to you because you don't know them, but I wish I could tell you all of it. And it was so beautiful because number yeah. one, it told me that he is doing something he loves that much yeah. and that he found that at the age of 18. I mean, I, I don't think I... I don't think I found that till last year. Like, you know, <laughs> it's taken me a lifetime to yeah. to find the things I love. And he just walked straight into it because of my help and because he knew himself so well. And when he said that, I just could see the joy of it and the fact that he oh, wanted to tell that. me and wanted to share it. And, you know, it was a beautiful moment again. Yeah, and these moments, I mean, we got to celebrate them. A hundred percent. We have to celebrate them and also not beat ourselves up, like you said, when they, you know, the not so pretty moments happen or the arguments happen or or we fall into like these old way habits that are just so deeply ingrained in us that yeah. they come back up. Yeah. And you know, they wouldn't be special if they happened all the time. That's yeah. the way I look at it. So I do it's a bit like lollies, sometimes food, right? One thing I would really like to hear from you, I do want to hear a little more about how you came to write the book. Is it your first or second book? This is my third book. Third. Oh my gosh. I thought it was your second. That's amazing. So tell me about the writing process and and what's that like for you? My goodness gracious. So the writing process was so interesting. The, The journey of writing this book was actually four years in the making. So we... It, probably a lot longer than that. But I remember in 2019 starting to think, okay, we're ready. Here it comes. Like, I think I'm ready to write the book. And I remember sitting, it was November of 2019. And well, actually summer of 2019, a mentor of mine was like, I think you're ready. You need to write the book. I'm going to introduce you to my agent. So I talked to the agent that summer and he goes, you know, I talked to a lot of people and you've got it. You've got everything except for you don't have the letters behind your name. And that's like my Achilles heel is just like, yeah, I don't have letters behind my name. Just a teacher, just a mom, right? Yeah. Just just a coach or just a, you know, an online leader, whatever. I don't know. And so, but I don't have all of those letters behind my name. And it's always been something that I've really kind of like struggled with. And so when the agent said it, it was just like this, like, shot to the heart like oh you know like you you want me except for that I don't have a PhD and I said but I don't think you could write the book you're gonna write if you did have it and I'm right that's cool yeah oh that that was really cool it was like a kind of like a moment and I've held on to that this whole time it was like the first time that I really stepped into okay wait I do have something unique to offer it isn't just you know an amalgamation or a uh, 
conglomerate of other stuff that I've learned. I really do have something to offer here as a bridge and the way that I present information. And your experience. Yeah. And my, my hard one experience. <laughs> Absolutely. And so then, but it still, it didn't just come naturally, like writing the proposal and all that didn't come naturally. And so in the fall of that year, I was at a conference and I'm sitting next to someone and and if I'm like giving way too many details, let me know. But Oh, no, I love um, the details. Happens when it's late at night and I'm recording. So so I'm sitting next to this person who I really loved and she had just come out with her book and it was her methodology in a book form. And as I'm like muddling through a proposal, I'm like, how could, how'd you do it? Like, how did you feel comfortable putting your your work at this point, we had a course, we had a program, we had students who had gone through it, we had seen success, but they had me by their side, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, bespoke, like we showed them how to personalize it. Like, how do you put that in a book and then know people are going to get results? And she was like, because I know my stuff works. Like she was yeah. just so confident in it. I know this works. I've seen it work. And, and I didn't have that yet. And so then I, I kind of set forth, all right, we're going to, in when we did our next program in the fall or in, in March of 2020, I was like, this is going to be it. I'm going to prove to myself that this works. And this is, this is what I'm kind of doing this for. Well, I don't know if you remember what happened in March 2020, <laughs> but, you know, I turned in my proposal March 6th and then March 10th. Wow. The U.S. shut down and then the rest of the world shut down and all the stuff, right? With the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And we massively pivoted what we had done. We found people used our program. We were on like iteration number two at the time and they used it and they saw success. And in this little tiny, you know, environment, this little tiny ecosystem, we had people who were thriving and 2020 was their best year ever. So I finally are like, okay, wait a second. This actually does work. So in October of 2020, we did another revamp and we were re-looking at the proposal and we were saying, or re-looking at the framework and saying, okay, where are people getting stuck? Where are people falling short? Where are people having trouble? Let's, let's tweak the system here. And so we tweaked the system. We put out our third iteration of our system. And people got faster results. They got easier results. They were like just making these massive leaps and bounds with their families in such a short amount of time that it made me realize, oh, wait a second, this is why the proposal didn't work, right? Because I actually, my proposal got rejected after I submitted it. She was like, somehow I'm here. It's not interesting. Yeah. So, and so interesting. We did it in October and then went back to the drawing board again in 2021 and said, all right, I'm going to try to go back to us. And I realized that I just had so much fear, fear that there that I wasn't good enough, fear that someone else was going to have written this book while I was while I was muddling through it. What if someone gets to it before me? Who am I to write this book? I mean, there was so oh, the imposter syndrome. Else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so much. And and so 2021 was really muddling through that to mm-hmm. finally say, okay, I, I'm going to just, I'm going to do it. I'm going to focus on that one person. So before I wrote the book or, or the second proposal, I would sit down and I would write a letter to right. the person who I was hoping was going to read it. That's so um, great. I wrote, yeah. I wrote a letter once to the mom in Target who's mm-hmm. like, 
you know, rolling through Target. And I know in Australia, you guys don't have those, but here it's like, a oh, yeah, we do. oh, you do. Okay. Well, that's funny because we have two team members from Australia. And when they came to the U.S., it was their favorite thing. Oh, they yeah. like, I didn't know we, you guys had it. We so love it. Yeah. It's cool. Okay. They, yeah. She, they were so happy to go to Target when they <laughs> So, so yeah, they, at, you know, I wrote, I pictured this mom in, you know, the toy aisle of Target with three kids in tow, one in the cart tugging at her shirt, one oh in the gosh. aisle complaining about the Lego, another one trying to run off. And mm-hmm. she's just at wit's end and she looks over because the books are across from the toy aisle and she sees the book. And that's right. what you know, I love that. was like, I'm going to write it for this mom. I'm going to write it for this parent who just needs to know she's not alone. She's not failing. And that's really what like drove me through the writing process. There was a lot of like figuring out my systems and the way my brain worked. And really we took that 3.0 and we even simplified it even more. Mm. And so we just finished delivering the book as a program, as a course to our first group of people. And I got to tell you, like when I thought 3.0 people made really fast progress, this is, it is the fastest path to mm-hmm. getting getting to a place where your family works together, where they advocate for each other, they empower each other. And it's done with like just this compassion so that you can apply it to your own family. You know, we saw, had someone post today and say, this is the first time I've ever finished something that I've mm-hmm. signed up for. That's so what made it a difference? And she said, it's just broken down into small bite-sized pieces. Plus, we worked on my belief that I can't finish something. And so because we worked on my thought monsters and my belief, I was finally able to get through it. And we've put all of it in the book. I mean, I did not hold back. You know, some books, it like teases it. And then no, you're like, get oh, oh those like, things in there from, yeah. It, the whole, yeah. One of, our, one of our common mentors, Stu says do more of what works and less of what doesn't you know and it's that it's that exact principle of play that you're talking Mm -hmm. about I think and you're inspiring me actually because I'm in that stage with my membership where I've done iteration one and it's getting great results but but now I'm realizing yeah there's definitely some way that I could refine it and can condense it to make it simpler and easier for sure and I'm always learning I'm unashamed to say that I'm taking imperfect action and learning as I go you know and I think that that principle must imbue all that we do as mothers. And hopefully we allow other mothers to feel the same by modeling yeah. that, by doing that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even the plans that we walk through in the book, that's the principle is this iteration. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that's part of what makes this so unique is because yeah. I've done so much personal development yeah. that is outside of parenting that's in the business world that's in you know the right. mindset and and a lot of that comes through in the book because i think parents need it and they don't get it they don't get this you know here's how to take it one step at a time here's how to look at progress yeah. now here's yeah. how to swap your mindset and and so that's that's what i think part of what makes this book yeah. unique and There's I think often we, we don't realize how yeah. many puppet masters there are within, yeah. you know, from our deep conditioning and sort of unpacking that and, and debunking a lot of that stuff that drives us without us even realizing. I think I really love that about your work. But we are running out of time, Dana Abraham. Can I please have you back another time? Of course. 
birds. Yeah. <laughs> it's really beautiful to meet you. I've, similar to Sorry. you, I've been doing this a really long time and it's rare to meet others that I feel work in this gentle way, in this very conscious and gentle way that is so loving. You know, you have that lovingness about you. And so I really appreciate that. And I'm so grateful for you coming in and telling just a tiny bit of your story. I'm so grateful for having or like for you having me and that I really told a lot of like the book writing process outside of my little world so it's nice Mm -hmm. to talk about that yeah well I definitely would love to have you back again whenever you'd like and I'm really looking forward to sharing with the listeners of this podcast where they can find you and where they can find your book which I'll put in the show notes of course but is there anything you wanted to say about how you'd like to hear from them at this point Yeah. So I don't know when this is going to go live, but soon. Okay. So you can go to calmthechaosbook.com and you can download a free chapter just to check it out. And then if you like it, which I hope you do, you can pre-order the book and you can actually get a whole two hour behind the scenes of writing of the book and the creating of the book and all the ups and downs of that four-year journey. And it was a Q and A. So there's a lot of really cool questions that I answered as well. And then you'll also get our seven days to less chaos course as a bonus when you pre-order the book. So it'll walk you through all of the stages of going from survival mode to thriving as a family. And, and yeah, it's, it's all free when you pre-order the book. And if you do that, please, please, please message me, tag me on social, let me know that you've checked it out. I want to hear all about, you know, what resonated with you. Thank you, Dana Abraham. You have such a generosity of spirit and that comes through in all that you're doing. So it is absolutely lovely to connect and I hope we will keep keep in touch. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.